to talk to you today. The other thing that the Lord wanted me to talk to this, um, this little community about, the first thing he said is he said, I want you to address their words. Okay, so I want you to turn. How many of you have your Bibles? I like paper. I don't like digital because I'm like, I can't see it on my phone, first of all. And second of all, it just feels good, you know, to touch the word. Um, all right, turn to uh, John 1, um, verse 14. And give me a shout when you're there. All right. So this is what I heard um, the Lord say. He gave me this scripture. It's uh, John is talking about Jesus, and he's talking about the eternal word. And the word was in the beginning, and the word was with God. And we know this because um, when, when um, God said, let there be light, what did he do? He spoke it, right? He said, let there be light. So, so there is power in the spoken word of God. And what it did is it created light. And then he began to create all of creation. He began to um, uh, form the earth, form the heavens, the waters, the trees, the animals, and man. And he did this all with the word. He created everything with the word. Everything is created with the word. And, um, and he was speaking to me this, uh, tonight, and he said, as it was with them, so it is with these Americans. <clears throat> yes, he did. He called you these Americans. But because he said this is common in the body of Christ, that what we'll do is we, 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 we have Christ living on the inside of us. We have God living on the inside of us. And a lot of us are so frustrated because we can't get to the promises, and we can't, we don't, we're not seeing victory in our lives but most of it is not because of God. It's because of our mouths. <clears throat> okay. John 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus was the word. It was the word that, that became flesh. He was the word made flesh. He was the word made flesh. And he died and came and did a swan dive into us so that we became the word made flesh. Because we are sons after the son. He was the forerunner and we follow after him in the exact same way that he lived. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father saying, and I only do what I see my father doing. James is very clear in chapter 3 when he tells us, you need to bridle that tongue because it is the smallest organ in your body, but yet it's the one that will determine the direction of your life. Yeah, right. And I and and as we look at the culture around us, we have a culture of sarcasm, and we have a culture of of woe is me, and we have a culture of of 
of being realistic. And I, I think that's such an interesting term of people that are constantly talking negatively. Um, the media, everybody else. And they said, but this is reality. I'm just talking about reality, that this is the truth. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the truth. Their truth lives on the inside of you. He is the word made flesh. And the only truth that exists is the truth that comes from him. Not from pundits, not from uh, 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 sitcoms, not from entertainment. The only truth that is, is, is in heaven. And where is heaven? Right here. And so we've got to let heaven come out of our mouths. <clears throat> and we've got to um, let him take the coal and put it to our lips. So that we will only say what we hear the Father saying. And we'll only do what we see the Father doing. Um, when, I was, when I was in Honduras, we saw the most incredible miracles, most incredible miracles. And um, because the word that was made flesh, that seed went into the ground and it came up and it multiplied itself in me, in Lisa, and now in the people that are there. And so I'm just going to share with you um, a couple of stories and then Lisa's going to come up and she's going to join me. And um, we're just going to tell you some funny things that happened, okay? Um, on Sunday... I'm going to be, uh, be preaching. I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about the baptism of fire, but on Sunday, we're gonna, I'm really going to get into this because I'm burning with passion for this. I've seen it, and I've known it, but I've never really preached it here. Okay? All right. Before Jesus died, what did he do? He baptized with water, right? Like John the Baptist. I'm going to read this. In Luke 24, right before he goes away uh, again, he had already come back to them, and he's sitting there, you know, having a meal with them, the disciples. In uh, Luke 24, verse 44, he says, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now, he's talking to them about words, okay? And then in verse 45, he says this, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So all of the sudden, they are not deaf, dumb, and blind. They realize that something big is happening because a dead man is talking to them and eating with them. That Jesus is still alive. And he's saying to them, let me tell you something. I am going to make the word become alive to you. And the word will begin to, um, you will begin to have understanding. It won't be a bunch of stories, but it'll actually be life to you. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus... It was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And so he said, listen, once again, let me explain this to you. You have to preach the word of God. You have to preach the truth, which is the word of God. 
Now, this word is not only this word that we have, but it's this word that is coming. I only do what I see my father doing, and I only say what I hear my father saying. And he's like, stay close to me, because the living word lives on the inside of you, and you have to let that out of your mouth, because that's the thing that's going to make you victorious. And then he said, behold, I send the promise of the father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Okay, then in Mark, right before he goes, he says this in uh, Mark 16, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the gospel of the kingdom, people, not the gospel of salvation. Preach the gospel of the kingdom to every creature. Okay, have you ever preached the gospel to a dog? I've actually preached the gospel to creatures, and they respond to it, by the way. Because it says all creation is groaning. All creation is groaning. They all are coming near to hear the words of life. Because as it was in the beginning and the way creation responded, you, the word that is in you, Christ that is in you, and the words that are coming out of you are the same as it was when Jesus walked the earth. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You are the skin that wears the living word of God. And when I was in Honduras, I saw that in action. I'm like, whoa, my word is your word. My word is your word. My word is your word. It was phenomenal. So he said this, he who believes is baptized and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Say, cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, by no means it will hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Okay, so he's like, listen, Jesus healed. How did Jesus heal? Word, 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 word. How did he cast out demons? Go. Go. The word has power. The more that you bind up your tongue, the more authority and power you will have. Because Jesus is not going to give you the power you seek if he can't trust you with your tongue. Why? Because you will destroy yourself. Salty water and pure water can't, came on, can't come out of the same mouth. So anyway, so there we were. And um, this was the first thing that he wanted uh, uh, me to preach was, was about the word. The word, the word, the word. And as I was preaching, what I found in the culture is that they believe that they are born again because they go to church. How many in America feel that way? I don't know, 80% of the body of Christ? Well, I go to church, so therefore I'm born again. No, 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 no. You have to, you have to repent. Remember he said... It's for repentance and remission of sins. You have to repent of your sins. You have to believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. You have to receive him into your heart to be Lord of your life. Guess what that means? You're no longer in charge. So we began to do that, and then... Right away, just as Paul said, because he asked, remember he asked Apollos, 
they were asking of Apollos, wait, 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 because Apollos is out doing all this stuff. And he, I mean, just a, a, a f- and, and Acts, he's, he's, he's fiery. He's passionate about Jesus. But I think it was Priscilla that, that corrected him. Wait, a woman that was teaching, praise the Lord, uh, that corrected him and said, wait a minute, what baptism were you baptized with? And so he said, I was baptized with the baptism of John. And she began to explain to them that, yeah, that was the baptism, that was the baptism of repentance. And yes, that is good and needed, but you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If we just needed to be baptized with water, people, Jesus didn't have to die because Jesus was baptizing with water on the other side of the cross. Is that not true? Jesus went to the Father and he released the Holy Spirit so that we would be baptized with Fire and power would come in us so that the word of God would come alive. Right? Fire. We need fire. We need fire in this nation is what we need. We need the church to catch a fever that it can't get rid of. Fire. So, anyway, they didn't know any different. They were like, okay, fire, yeah, that sounds good. So I said, okay, I'm going to baptize you in the name of Jesus, just like Paul did to Apollos. And I said, I'm going to baptize you in the name of Jesus, you know. And they went, bam, 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 bam. And they all like, (laughs) Lisa can tell you, I mean, we had, oh, everybody's down. Okay. (laughs) It was so much fun. Mom, dad, daughter. They all kind of fell. You know, it was beautiful. And, 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 and many of them, we hadn't even prayed healing. And they got up and said that infirmities that they had had for years, even a whole lifetime of it, were gone. In the fire, they got healed. And, and, and um, Jesus healed all but two while we were there. All, all. And some of the things that didn't get healed, other things on their body got healed. Like there was one woman that came, and she got, uh, she came, uh, and it was funny because it, it, just like with Jesus, what he did is he began to heal. And then the word got out. Oh, something's going on over here. So they start calling their relatives because people are getting healed, and demons are coming out. That was interesting. We'll talk more about that on um, Sunday. Or maybe we'll talk about it tonight. Lisa's got a great story. <laughs> anyway, um, so... So everybody, you know, everybody there the first night gets healed, right? Well, they go all go, they've all got smartphones. You know, they don't have running water, but they have smartphones. <laughs> so um, they're calling their relatives going, you know, testifying. Just like the woman at the well, you're never going to believe there was, there was Jesus is here in this woman's body, right? Where does Jesus live? Right here, right? And so it's like, you have to, we have to go because there's healing there and they're desperate for healing. You know, they don't have the kind of system that we do. They can't go do this and go do that because everything is so expensive there, like prescriptions and everything. So anyway, so the second day, you see whole family units coming and they're all dressed up for church. It's so wonderful, you know. And, and so they come and, and they, they begin to tell me and, and, I, and I ask them, okay, are you born again? And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I said, okay, well, okay, this isn't going anywhere. Tell me about what's going on in your body. And um, they began to tell me about ailments that they have and this and that and on my leg. And, 
And so it's just like Jesus come and um, Jesus would show up and um, I would ask them what they feel. And they, they said, I feel ants. <laughs> what do you call ants in Spanish? Mo mocas? Mo Morditas. Morditas. Mor what, okay, come up here and tell me what, what do you... Okay, so they all describe the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, every one of them, as ants. It's like I have ants on the inside. And so we just kind of laughed and said, all right, that's the Holy Spirit. You know, here it's like butterflies, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, so uh, this one woman came, and, and she, she, uh, she got some healing in her leg. It wasn't 100%, and I was like, darn it. And she said, she got real excited, and I said, what's going on? And she said, I can see. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, what? And she said, no, I couldn't see when I came, and now I can see. And so I, so I said, right? Yes. So I said to her, well, okay, do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she's like, yes. And I said, do you want to receive the, so we walked her through that. Do you want to receive the baptism of fire? Bam, she goes down. She's in this nice church dress, and she's, you know, in her 60s. And I'm like, and it's a cement dirty floor. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, but oh well. And then her husband went down, and then her, then her, her daughter, her granddaughter had already been down. Anyway, the beautiful thing is Jesus healed them all. He healed them all. In fact, there was a one guy with polio, and um, we, we were praying. He was drunk. I mean, like, whoa. And so he was kind of off away from the church, and Lisa was so excited to see him. <laughs> she goes running up to him, and she just embraces him, you know, and she thought he wasn't drinking anymore. You know, she was really excited that he'd, you know, gotten sober well. <laughs> anyway, she comes running back to me, and she goes, don't talk to him. He just gave me a hickey on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, no, we're going to go talk to him, and we're going to get him sober. Let's go get him sober. <laughs> hey, man, let's just get real, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we go over there, and we're like, I were like praying for him, and I said, hey, do you want, do you want, you know, a drink? Do you want a drink from the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes. And the Holy Spirit just sobers him up. And he's in his right mind. And he, he, he'd had polio, so he had a little leg. You know, you, your, your limbs stopped growing with polio. And so he had this little deformed leg. And so we prayed for that, and we didn't see a whole lot happen. And so we're like, okay, is there anything else going on? And he said he had cataracts, right? So we prayed for his cataracts. And... Um, the Holy Spirit came and started breaking the cataracts up, and little pieces of his cataracts were floating around in his <laughs> Then he went over and led worship. <laughs> ah! I mean, come on. Yeah, nothing. He was in his right mind. The Holy okay, I'm completely messed up now. Sorry. No jumping with ear mics. So anyway, it was so exciting. Lisa, why don't you come on up? All right, everybody, this is Lisa. She and I had so much fun. 
it's, it's illegal. It should be illegal to have that much fun. But when Jesus is moving, I mean, you're like, whoa, where to take this nation? Yeah, do you want to give a testimony? Just whatever comes to your mind. Hmm. Well, I just want to tell you that this woman is a real deal. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've brought to Honduras with me, and they flip out when they get there. They turn into a diva. They start flirting with the men. They start attacking the team. I mean, they just flip out. And this girl was the real deal. Mm -hmm. What you see here is what you saw in Honduras. She was not afraid to be vomited on, to be up till 2 a.m. wrestling demons. Um, <laughs> she was so wonderful to have on the mission field. So please know that she is the real deal. Oh, the real deal. I love you. I love you. Why don't you tell the story? You want to tell the story about the demon? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen um, exorcism before. I'm not surprised by it. I wasn't surprised that we saw it, but I've never seen it before. Um, and I was so thankful that I have had five years of being a part of this community. I have had a lamp full of oil, and I was ready for this moment. The Holy Spirit would tell me um, what I needed to do to bring that soul back. The soul, like, disappeared. The eyes rolled into the back of the head, and the hands contorted, and were trying to scratch their face. And it took four adults to hold each limb down of these ones that were possessed. Little, little. They were little, like 100 pounds wet. Um, but they would disappear. These children that I know and I love, 15, 16, 18, 19 years old, they were gone, and something had taken over them. And so I wanted to bring them back, and the Holy Spirit would keep giving me ideas of what to do to bring them back. One time it was um, let them smell frankincense. So I put frankincense under their nose, and they'd be like, ah. <sighs> Um, another time, my translator, Elmer, he was clapping his hands really loud like this. Right in front of her face and yelling, come back, come back. And I sensed um, whisper in her ear like, you're, like a father would to his daughter. So I said, Elmer, whisper in her ear and pretend she's Nicole. So he whispers in her ear, honey, come back. And she... She shoots up, and she's awake. He had just been loudly trying to get her to come back, but the love of a father brought her back. Yeah. And yeah. that's my favorite thing about this community that we've been pouring into. We have 104 families in my program, and 90% of them are single moms. But this community, we have men. We still have fathers. And so... I believe that's why the Lord has chosen this community to birth revival into this city, because we have fathers. Yeah. Yeah. And so my favorite thing was seeing the heart of fathers turning to the children, and the children would come back to them. Yeah. All four of these children didn't have fathers in their lives, but the men that came and helped to bring them back were fathers. Yeah, perfect love casts out all fear. And these fathers would watch Tracy from afar, and they would tell me, Lisa, Tracy has an, an amazing amount of authority. I have to have this authority. And um, 
there were other fathers that hadn't received or hadn't repented the Lord, but they were watching the children in their community suffering with these demons. And so when she asked, who needs to repent? They're like, (laughs) me. Yeah, the ones that were holding out, it was very interesting how that all happened. Um, These demons were manifesting, and I mean, it was just hours. Hours of manifesting. And you'd literally, I had to sit on these girls. We took turns sitting on them because it was like riding a bunking bronco. Um, And um, no, really, I mean, it was was incredible. Uh, But the ones who were holding out and who were just kind of on the periphery, I mean, this stuff started happening. These demons started manifesting, and they were like, I want to get saved. I want to get saved. And so it's interesting how God took and he used what the devil meant for evil and he turned it for good. And he said, watch this. I'll get those whole, I'll get those that are holding out. (laughs) The fear of the Lord. They did not want what was going on with these children to happen to them. And so he used it for his kingdom. It was awesome. And so people were just coming up. "I, I, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. You want me to tell the funny story? Yeah. <laughs> so these teens, they kept manifesting over three days. It, the demon would keep coming back. Um, and so this was like day two in the evening, and uh, four of them are manifesting all at once. Two of them are brand new, and two of them are from the prior day. They're all manifesting demons at the same time. So Tracy tells me to go to um, the boy and read Isaiah 60 and 61 over well, him. We were going to separate them because these demons are performance demons, P.S. They love a lot of attention. And a lot of, and if you'll just take everybody in and kind of put them in different areas, you'll find that the demon will stop, you know, doing, da, 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 I'm bigger than God. And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to put fear in people to think that he's more powerful than God. So, um. And the demon would talk to us. The demon told us his name, um, that he wanted to go into a different person, and that he was going to kill the child that he was in. Mm-hmm. I told him to shut up. I'm going to send him into the pigs. <laughs> I said, They're just, we don't care what your name is. I have more authority. I have Christ that lives on the inside of me. Now go into those pigs. That poor little pig that was right outside with the, with the, he had the, he was There's never been a pig tied up to that tree ever. There just happened to be a pig 20 feet from our revival tied up to a tree. And that poor pig, you know, it's like, don't eat that pig. So we just kept saying, go to the pig, go to the pig, go to the pig, go to the pig. (laughs) So Tracy said, Okay, you go to Har. His name's Harwin. You go to Harwin. You read Isaiah sixty and sixty one over him. And he's like, okay. So I go on and I, he's laid out flat on the bed in somebody's house, and I pace the floor back and forth, and I read Isaiah sixty sixty one. And the spirit of peace just came over me, and I went over to him, and I just had this sense that I needed to spoon him like a mom would with her boy. So Tracy and our our other teammate, Callie, Tracy and Callie are riding these girls like Broncos, like bucking Broncos. Mm -hmm. And I'm spending the evening spooning. (laughs) And I went, oh, great. You got the sleepy demon. (laughs) I'm over 
over there with Circus Olay, you know, getting vomited on. Yes, vomit chunks, chunks, Because they'll chunks, come on your head, chunks. and they'll pull it down when they start to vomit, and a stream of vomit is <laughs> yes. just like, and Samuel, my son, is, is helping us wrestle all of these demons. And I'm like, Samuel, you are standing in vomit. Of course, it was everywhere, but I was like, get over there. Oh, my gosh. Talk about yes. getting real. Yes. Anyway. So um, it, was, it was crazy. One more thing. So day three these four teens had learned how powerful they are when they're together. Mm -hmm. And they had learned that they had the power to tell the demon he couldn't come back. Okay. So when we got them back, I said, all right, here's the deal. You got the power to get rid of this thing. I said, we've been over here just wearing ourselves out. You got to do this. You've got to rise up and know who you are in God and get pissed off at this demon so that he doesn't come back. Let that righteous indignation about what this thing is doing to you rise up and you begin to command that thing to go and you begin to declare that you are a son of God and he is illegally present in your body. And so these kids began to do that and the demons began to go. I was like, oh, what should we would stop. Ago? We would tell them, get angry. And so they would, they would stomp their feet. Yeah, I said, kill the snake, kill the snake, kill the snake. And it would hop from each one. Like two would be strong, and then the third one would be like, oh, no. And they'd be like, no, say no. And they'd be like, oh, oh. Yeah, so it for, was insane. It was crazy. So anyway, all of that to say, here's the thing. When we were down there, this is what they learned. <clears throat> In that area, um, and you guys know this, if you're from Central America, you understand that there are some ancient territorial demons that are pretty bad guys and we were dealing with not a we weren't dealing with um, a spirit of jealousy like we do in America or greed or whatever we were dealing with a jefe a big one and so uh, they have to learn themselves how to take care of this because we don't go to give them fish but we go to teach them how to fish and so as we, as we went, we taught them how to heal the sick. We taught them how to save the lost. We taught them how to baptize in fire. We taught them how to cast out demons. And we're like, all right, Holy Spirit's with you. Good luck. You know, it's going to be great. Y'all are going to be fine. God is faithful. He is faithful to grow them up. We're going back. But, but right now, they are the ones that are on the ground, and they have, they have taken the tools that are of, of Christ, and they have the living word on the inside of them. And God is beginning to speak to them. They're having dreams. They're having visions, you know? I mean, the whole community is just getting set on fire. And I will guarantee you that when the rest of that city hears of what's happening in the poorest place in the city, the most dangerous place in the city, that revival is breaking out, the whole city is going to go, and we're going to have an explosion of fire. Amen? Um, our Last night in Honduras, we were in a different city, and we were worshiping with um, a prayer group there. And so the demon manifested one last time in all four all at once, mm -hmm. and we weren't there. And neither was their worship leader, who was the pastor, because mm -hmm. we were commissioning him with the other worship leader. 
And so the rest of the community had to come together and figure out how to fight these demons, and they did. They did it without the super anointed Americans, without their pastor. And that is my favorite thing, is that it manifested one more time without any of us. So they could see how powerful they are, that the same spirit lives in them. And so we've had two full days of of no more manifesting. I'm told that the teens are very good. They're back at school. One's back working at his mechanic job. Yeah. Um, But let me tell you, they... They all have phones, and they all communi- every th- communicate every little thing rapidly. So trust me, everyone now knows that the city of killers is the place to go for deliverance and miracles. <laughs> <laughs> so come with us sometime. We're going to keep going back and pouring in and pouring in until they're in the stadium, and then we'll keep pouring in and pouring in until we're in the stadium in the capital city of Honduras. Amen. <laughs> Okay, I have one more story. If y'all, if y'all got time for one more story? Okay, so Lisa, um, she is like a champion. She is one of the most courageous women that I know. And um, she had to leave Honduras. She, was th- she and her husband were there for about a year, and she had to leave because she put a pedophile in jail. And the pedophile was a leader of an orphanage, and he was abusing the children, she found out. So anyway, the the whole system is corrupt down there, and he is a lawyer and is a very powerful man, and so he has a lot of connections. So um, she says to me, hey, we're going to go by this jail that um, a lot of the the people in this murder capital of the world, by the way, this most dangerous place in the world to go. Well, okay, Syria could be worse, but anyway. I'm talking about just murder, you know, as far as everyday. People just go around and shoot each other. In fact, while we were there that week, two people got shot in the neighborhood that we were at. It's just like, bam, you're dead. Oh, okay. What do you do? I don't know. He was mad at him about whatever, you know. I mean, this kind of stuff just happens all the time. And they poison one another. Oh, my gosh. There was one woman who was a witch that went to um, um, one of the elders in her community and uh, gave her some bread and said, here, I baked you some bread. It's so like the apple. And the Holy Spirit told this woman, don't eat this bread. So she gave it to her dog, and her dog died. Now, this is the community. This is kind of how, what they do. This is how they live. And um, so we're going, she said, I want to go. So what the judge, okay, let me back up. What the lawyer did, the pedophile, is in order to take vengeance on Lisa, he had uh, the police arrest three of her boys that are in her program or in the families of the people that are in her program. They're completely innocent. They didn't do anything. So they put him in this um, maximum security prison, right? Well, it would be to us a maximum security prison because these guys are the worst murderers, the rapists. I mean, just, as you know, maximum security prison in America. You got the picture. Okay. So we go there. And and I'm thinking to myself with our children, with our with her children, with with my son Samuel, and we've got we've got one guy who's our security, right? He's our bodyguard, and um, there's like seven of us. So we walk in, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, they're going to put us, you know, in a room like they do in America, and you're behind the glass, (laughs) or you're in small room visiting the person that you came came to see. No, no, they put us in the general population. Okay, so we walk in there. They've got the teardrops with how many people they've killed. They've got, they've got bullet holes in their shirtless chests. And we walk in, and it's like, I am, this is what I felt like. 
a guppy in a shark pool. I am going to eat you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what are we? Ah! I'm like this with the bodyguard. And I'm like, Santa, flank me. And he goes, don't worry, Mom. And I'm like, you know, my 15-year-old. And Samuel said, he, he had a plan. He's like, you touch my mom, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and then she's going to raise you from the dead. <laughs> so they put us, they've got a, a, a little chapel that's behind this wall and closed door. And I'm thinking, we go in there. And I'm thinking, oh, praise God. We're in an enclosed place. And no, they're just getting chairs to take it out to sit us in the middle of the population. I'm like, wait, where are you going with those chairs? You know, and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not afraid. I'm fine. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to me, would you get a grip? I know. I know. So Lisa's over there with her guitar. Okay, they let us take in our guitar. That's all we could take in. I didn't have my Bible. Didn't have anything. We had no phones. We had no cameras, nothing. And she's over there with her, with her guitar. And so she's got it sitting. We're all sitting in a semicircle, and all of these killers are beginning to gather. And they're talking to each other, so they're finding out something is going on. So they're coming out from the other areas, and they're making a semicircle around us. And we're, like, in this corner in our chairs. It's white people. <laughs> Women. And, and I thought, I would have worn something different had I known. <laughs> I did not dress appropriately for a, you know, to be plopped right in the middle of a bunch of rapists. So, so I'm like, okay. Um, I'm looking at Lisa, and she's over there, and she's trying to tune her guitar. And I'm like, could you speed that up a little? Hurry up! <laughs> you know, and I, she was like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And she's doing the little thing, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. So I heard the Lord say, all right, I want you to stand up. What? I want you to stand up, and I want you to tell them what's about to happen. And I'm thinking, uh, okay, what's about to happen? And he said, tell them that you're going to pray for them, and then we're going to do one song of worship. Now, granted, Lisa is there to visit with her friends who, who are there with her, right? And, and so he's like, you. Me, God is talking to me. He's like, you are going to preach the gospel. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. No, I don't think. That. And he said, yeah, yeah, you're going to preach the gospel. And I'm like, oh, shanti hashabaka. Okay, so we sing the song. I stand up, I pray, and I said, this is what we're going to do. Hey, listen to me. <laughs> I grab my interpreter, and he's like, we are going to do this. And I begin to explain to them everything that the Holy Spirit told me. And then Lisa sings the song. It was beautiful. And I, I couldn't wait. It was like the, the word of God was burning in me. And I thought the longer I wait, it's just all I can feel is danger. You know? I've got to preach the gospel. If I don't preach the gospel soon, it, you know, we're still in this tentative situation. So um, after we finish worshiping, I step up and I say, okay. Um, come over here, those of you that are in the periphery or whatever, I'm like, come on over here, come on, come on, I have something to tell you. And so the interpreter is there, and so um, I preached the gospel, and I told him that the Lord had sent me there from America to talk to them. And, um, and I wanted to tell them the truth about who he was. 
and how much he loved them and how he knows that they were created for greatness. And he knows that they have been trying to get to that greatness in their own strength. And it landed many of them in the place that they were at. But that today he wanted to come and set them free from the prison that they're in, in their hearts. And so I began to tell them about who Jesus is and that he is their counselor, their provider, their helper, their teacher. And so this is who he is. He didn't come for religion. He didn't come to establish a religion, but he came for a family. He came because his kids are lost, and he wants to bring them back into the family. He wants to come and live on the inside of them and give them everything they need for greatness. And so I began to explain that to them. And so then I said, I'm thinking, okay, you know, my American mindset. Okay, let's have an altar call. <laughs> so I said, okay, who wants to be saved? Who wants to receive Jesus into their hearts as their Lord and Savior? Crickets. I'm like, okay. This is not going very well. Finally. Finally, this one guy steps forward, and I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you brother, <laughs> for helping a white woman out. <sighs> so so he, gets, he gets born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, the, and then Jesus heals his body completely, heals his body, it takes all pain, like that, all pain gone. So I said, okay, turn around, I want you to testify. So he testifies, and he tells everybody what just happened to them. And the main thing that all of these prisoners said, that he said to the prisoners, is he just changed my heart. I just felt something happened to my heart, and my heart changed. My heart just changed. I mean, it was instantaneous. So I said, okay, we're going to do something different here. I said, we're going to do healing. Who needs to be healed? Does anybody need to be healed? Nobody raises their hand. Finally, one man comes forward. I mean, this is like very dangerous place where you've got, you've got blood wars, you know, and it's kind of like the Crips in the blood, but it's just whatever. Anyway, one guy comes forward, an old man, and he begins to tell me about the infirmity in his body, and I'm like, okay, be healed in Jesus' name. Bam. He's 100% healed. 100% healed. Okay? And I, then I'm asking him, do you want to be born again? Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Yes. Okay, turn around and testify. This happened three times. All of a sudden, a line forms. Okay? All of these guys are like, uh, I, I want that. I, I want that. So, so they're seeing something they haven't seen before. They're like, wait a minute. This isn't like religion. Wait, whoa, whoa. This isn't about rules. You're actually helping us. There is, a, there is a marked difference in the men. They know these guys. So anyway, the line forms, and Jesus is just like healing them all. Bam, 100%, 100%, 100%. And they're all saying the same thing. It feels like ants on the inside. <laughs> and they all say the same thing about their hearts, their corazon, the corazon. My heart, my heart is, I can feel something changing in my heart. And I'm like, God, thank you. And they're coming up. We pray for my family. We pray that I'll get out of prison. We pray. And I'm like, yeah, bam, 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 bam. So then the warden comes up. And he's like, 
Um, it's time for y'all to go. They hear that and they run towards me. Like they had to go back to their cells. Yeah. So like recess was over. Recess was over. No more playing with Jesus. And so um, I said, okay, let's do this. Let's do this just corporately. If you need healing in your body, raise your hand. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, you know, heal them. Let them experience your love. And I explained to them, listen, you can do this in your cell. You don't need me. You can repent. You can tell with your mouth. You can confess who Jesus is, and you can receive him. And so, and, and you can even ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he'll do it for you. And, and so I said, okay, whoever needs healing, um, come forward. And, and, um, and I said, Holy Spirit, come, heal him. So I asked them, I said, how many of you are feeling fire? And, and, and I don't know, about 40% of them raised their hands. It was the sweetest thing. And I, I'm like, okay, well, I have to go now. Okay, bye, bye. And so we're like being let out, and this is what they're doing. Bye, bye, bye. And a lot of them are following us out. And it wasn't like I'm going to kill you. Like when we came, they saw us as women. Oh, yeah. But when we left, they saw us as saints. And they followed us all the way to the edge just wanting to hear or receive a touch or a kind word or something. And it was, it, it just marked me. It marked me because truly the lost are all prisoners. They all need Jesus. And what I learned on this trip is that, and this is what Reinhard Bonnke said to me, who has saved, I don't know, 79 million documented cases of salvation. He said, if you want the results that I get, you have to preach the message that I preach. And he said, I preach a very simple message. I preach the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus came and he died for us. He was the son of God. He was the word made flesh. He was risen on the third day and he went into hell, and he got the keys to the kingdom, and then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to distribute that key to his kids so that we would have power and authority, and we could walk in victory, and we would become the champions that he was as he walked on the earth. And that's what people need to hear. They need the gospel. They don't need more information about whatever. They need the gospel because there's power in the gospel. Amen? Mm -hmm. So what Lisa and I thought we would do tonight is that we, if you haven't received a baptism of fire or if you've never received Jesus into your heart to be Lord of your life and you're not born again, um, we want you to come forward and we want the prayer team to come forward and we're going to pray um, and we're going to baptize you in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and fire. If you've already been baptized in fire and you feel like you've leaked and you need a little filling up, come on up and, uh, and we'll do that too, right? Holy Spirit is good at filling us up. And by the way, in the book of Acts, several times people who were already baptized with fire, 
they would get baptized again. They would get filled up again because, you know, we all, that's what the church is for. That's what this is for. We assemble together for the strengthening of the saints for the work of the ministry, right? And the ministry is out there. It's not in here. Ministry is out there. It's out there. So somebody you know needs to hear the truth, needs to hear the word of God that's on the inside of you. Okay, let me pray. Well, Father, I do, I just thank you. I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I thank you that you haven't changed and your desire for us is the same, that we are your beloved ones, that we are a bride making ourselves ready for a groom. <clears throat> Father, I pray right now that you would come and you would give us an anointing to preach the gospel. Would you give us an anointing to, um, would you anoint our words that we would have power to preach the gospel of the kingdom, that we would have power to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to open blind eyes, to set the captives free, and to heal the brokenhearted. Father, I pray that we would have tattooed on our forehead, Luke 4.18, and that as you went, and your job description would be our job description. We bless you, Holy Spirit. We bless you and we thank you and we love your fire. We love your fire. We love your fire. Holy Spirit, would you come and anoint us for the works of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.